Welcome, everybody, to a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. So glad to be with you this evening. I am your host, John Harris, two nights away from All Access mm-hmm. at the Greenbrier. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and I brought up my cohort in crime, the voice of Texans, Mark Vandermeer, in with me. Mark, what's going on? Johnny, it is time. The building is buzzing. Everybody's getting ready to get out of here. A couple of trucks already left. I don't know how many, but a bunch of stuff. It's like the road shows been on the way to the Greenbrier, and I've been hearing from people who are already there. I mean, we're going to be there in a couple of days. Like you said, you're going to go sooner, so uh, let's go. Let's rock. It's time. It's yeah, time I'm gonna, to go. I'm going to be off. Well, I'm not off. Well, I guess I'll be off tomorrow because I'm flying up there tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So... I guess we could talk about this a little bit more on Wednesday, but a lot of times when we get there on Wednesday, we set the scene, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I always like asking you this question because I would imagine over the years some of it's changed, but probably some of it hasn't. Right. What's in training, when you think about training camp, what gets you most excited about training camp? Well, I think it's just being able to see them in pads, you know, that kind of thing, because then you really kind of feel the football. You know, Andre Ware talks about the smell. Yeah. You know, can you smell it? Is the smell happening yet? And I need to ask him if he can smell it. Because up north, the smell is definitely an autumn crispness. <laughs> you don't have that here, baby. Yeah. I mean, not at 100 degrees. No autumn crispness. <laughs> you do get some of that at the Greenbrier, though. But the point is this. I, it, it's funny because I my familiarity with football and the early part of the season is that autumn mm-hmm. entry yeah. in the fall, in the northeast. In Texas, though, you know what? makes me think about football when it starts to ratchet up to around 100. That's when I think, oh, it's time for football. It's so hot, you can't even stand it. Time for football. And I think a lot of people identify with that in this state, of course, because you grew up with this. But now I'm used to it after 17 years here. Here we go. So um, I'm pumped up. I mean, I always get excited about it, you know. And I actually asked Seth Payne this last week because I brought up one of the best intra-squad situations ever. We talk about joint practices. And I think the very best was the Texans and the Cowboys at the Alamo Dome in a scrimmage. I mean, that was fantastic. That was year two. Oh, that was year two. 2003, you got Tony Romo as a rookie. You got Andre Johnson as a rookie. I mean, it was excellent. And you're at the Alamo Dome with the two pro football teams from Texas in a city that neither can really call their own, although, you know, let's face it, San Antonio, big-time Cowboys country Mm -hmm. there, especially then. We're making some inroads. But the point is this. It was great to see that event take place. You know, one of the things to me about training camp, this is going to sound sort of strange, but we get asked questions all the time, no matter where we are. We can go yeah. to, be at the grocery store. We can be at a restaurant, wherever. And somebody will, you know, will see us and recognize us and, hey, what's going on with Watson? Hey, what's happening with this? Yeah. At the beginning of training camp, there is sort of this clarity. Mm-hmm. You have the – the training camp pup list comes out. Who's going right. to be on that pup list? You know who's going to be able to practice. You know what's happening with particular individuals. I know last year it was, well, is Dwayne, Dwayne going to show up? Is Dwayne going to show up? Well, no, he didn't. And right. now that obviously created more questions like, is he, when is he going to show up? Is he going to be here? All that kind of stuff. But to me, the beginning of training camp is sort of clarity. Mm-hmm. Who's ready to go? That's who true. isn't? Who needs more time? And what is this team going to look like? And then to think – Holy smokes. As soon as they take the field, they're two weeks away from playing in a preseason game. How are they going to get all this stuff in? How are they going to get everything they want to do done by then? They've got 90 players at this point. And, uh, you know, the roster always stays fluid because the 90 that are going to the Green Bar, that could change in a day. It could change in two days. It could change in sure. four days. But to me, there's sort of this clarity 
that is there as to what the team will start to look like in 2018 because you now see, okay, J.J.'s on the field now. So now you see Watt and Clowney and Merciless all together. Watson's on the field, and Watson's doing everything. Okay, how is this all going to look? Yeah. Whereas in OTAs and minicamps, you sort of close your eyes and you imagine, but then you look over and there's – J.J. on a side field, or J.J.'s not even out there, or Whitney's right. not doing much uh, because he's on a, on a pitch count, which he very well should be. So to me, there's this clarity that comes with it because of how you, what you know at that particular moment. Now, once you see somebody go on the pup list, as we saw with the Indianapolis Colts, we saw Clayton Gathers and Malik Hooker go on the, the training camp pup list. Right. They could come off in two days. They may not come off for two weeks. Yeah, Malik Hooker, I know you're really high on him, by the way. Yeah. Side note here, yeah. the safety for the Colts. But um, I hate to be I hate I to I think for his career's like sake, John, he should probably take the year off and maybe a couple of years just so he I'd stays like perfectly healthy. Sure. I would like that. And Andrew Luck, too. I don't think Andrew should play this year. I mean, no. it's your health. Come on, what are you doing? No, I mean, Andrew, is, Andrew should go into bodybuilding. I and mean, I think Mariota and Blake Bortles and, um, in fact, the entire Jaguar defense should probably take the year off for their health. I yeah, mean, come I mean, on. Jalen can go do... Jalen could go do WWE. Or motivational speaking. He could. I mean, mm-hmm. either way. Tour with Tony, or Tony Robbins or something like that. Why not? You know, of all the things that I, I – there's so many things I look forward to once we get into the season. I think that's going to creep its way. If it's not up in the, my top five already, it would be in the top five. Getting to watch Jalen Ramsey and DeAndre Hopkins that's, go one-on-one twice a you year. You want to talk about – off-season, you know, Ooh. matchups you're looking forward to no matter what. That's one of them. One other thing about this, you brought up OTAs. You know, it's funny. We love OTAs because it gives us something to look mm-hmm. at in the off-season. Something to talk about, yeah. And, and the, the one good thing about it is you do have only, what, a five- or six-week break between OTAs right. and then the start of training camp. But I don't like it because it's like having a rehearsal without the show. Right. You know what I mean? Even in college, you get spring practice and then you get the game. You know, or whatever yeah. they do, it, you know, some have a, it is a glorified scrimmage. Right. But I remember my first time covering a spring game was at Penn State, and it was huge. And it wasn't one of those like, oh, they got ninety thousand there, but they had like forty. Yeah, yeah. You know, for a spring scrimmage, and I thought it was the most exciting thing. I mean, there there was in April, and you're the weather's not so hot. You know, <laughs> it's it's very chilly, but you're watching football yeah. and. It was the blue-white game, and I thought it was really cool. I'd never been to a big-time college football spring game before. So I thought that was really interesting, a great way to conclude spring practice. And at that time, you're really you're jonesing for a little bit of football. OTAs, well, you don't really get that here. Right. You know, they're never in pads, and it's just, it is what it is. So that training camp, it just means it's here, John. Right. You know, it's here. Yeah. The offseason is over. We're locked and loaded. We're, you know, it's like the planes on the runway taking off, and you're ready to have the adventure. But I don't really feel it. I feel that buzz more than ever mm-hmm. about 20 minutes before kickoff in the regular season opener. That kind of feeling. And I'm thinking, There's now no- we're going on the record yeah. here. This is it. This is playing for keeps. This is going to count in everybody's career. I still love the preseason because it is the yeah. big hors d'oeuvre, you know. But – there's something about that that last 20 minutes of of pre regular season that uh, where I start feeling the angst and I I get really excited for that and to know that for 17 the next 17 weeks there's going to be one of these except for one week when you obviously have the bye week yeah I, I get the same thing it happens for me when I walk out of the out of the tunnel for pregame yeah 
and before game one, and then it's like, oh man, and we're wearing a liberty. Now it's gonna be different. This is my first year where we're gonna start on the road in week one, yeah. which that's that's odd. 14, it doesn't 15, happen 16, very much. 17, four straight <laughs> years we started at ho- at home mm-hmm. to to start it. The fact that we'll be back for training camp for the fans, we'll have a few more training camp practices they, that they can go to, and they get to see the 49ers. That's pretty cool. But they had done training camp here forever. Now we're going to year two of the Greenbrier. How does that change anything for you? The way you look at training camp at all? The fact that it goes up there again for a couple weeks? Uh, yeah, definitely. Because yeah, you know the weather aside, you're going on the road for training camp, which is just kind of a bizarre feeling. Right. You know, they've they've gone on the road to practice with other teams before, but the weird thing is actually knowing the Greenbrier now. Last year was such a mystery. What yeah. are we going to? undergo there and it's not just for us uh covering the team but all the little things because you know in the department i mean we're shooting tv shows yeah. and radio shows and where do we do them and how do we do them and how's the setup the gonna be we have to bring there's, there's a lot of gear you know whoa is us it's a beautiful job to have a beautiful issue to have to have to deal with all this stuff it's a privilege but it's stuff that you got to do and now we know what to do so that's kind of interesting although some of the um some of the arrangements for where we're staying have changed in fact uh, we're doing a lot of VRBO stuff this year, and DP Sidhu is staying in a place that is very not DP Sidhu. It's very <laughs> ungalleria like. Like it's, in fact, I brought up the show Green Acres today, and uh, Jesse Clark, who's our like twenty five, twenty six year old social media director, yeah, nothing. And Total I said, crickets. I said, uh, go ahead, pull up Green Acres on Google, and yes, sure enough, the theme song came up, and da 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 da. And Zsa, Zsa Gabor, or is it Eva? I don't know. One of the Gabor sisters. Of and I miss New York. And, you know, now she's in the – and DP was cracking up. She had seen it before, but a long time yeah, ago. Yeah. And uh, Jesse was like, huh? Why are you guys <laughs> laughing so much? It is pretty funny, though, because it's perfect for her. She's like yeah. living out there. You can fish from her front porch, which is really cool. It's a great VRBO. A lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, I want to stay there. She's like, I don't want to do that. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have any shoe shopping there, do they? So uh, it's kind of interesting from that perspective. It's fun. It is definitely going to be fun going up to second year. We are going to have different arrangements. And along those lines, we got to figure out where all access is, uh, where it's going to take place. We are going to do all access. We're going to do all of our podcasts. We're going to do mm-hmm. everything that we normally do. We just do it in, in West, an abnormal fashion. West Virginia. Mm-hmm. The one thing that we do add is 8 to 10. In Houston, nine mm-hmm. to eleven for us up there. So I got to start changing my thinking because it goes from nine to eleven. That we I try to do, the switch. Yeah, I, you don't. You do a great job on the air. Uh, hey, at eight forty-five, I get so confused. Oh no, I happens. live in Radio I'm Land. Like, you know, I always I do that. Feel... Like, if people have an on-air name, you know, can I talk about Drew Doherty's real name? Yeah. I won't do it. Well, maybe I will. Well, we talked about that before on the air. His, his re- real his, name is Xander Schoffel. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. And he came up short at the Open Championship yesterday. <laughs> which, by the way, you know, the you know, I watched every single I know, stitch I almost, of that. I, I almost texted you my when gosh. Tiger took the lead. Oh my gosh! And then by the time I was thinking of texting you, he had lost the lead. I mean, how about Spieth? You shoot a seventy-six. If you shoot a seventy-two, you're in a playoff. Just a seventy-two. I no one's was, asking you to even break seventy. I was wondering what was going to happen. They had all those guys at six hundred for so long. I started thinking, man, what are they going to do with the playoff if they have all these it's guys? It's a three-hole playoff. 
But what do they do? They all tee off. If they had seven uh, oh, guys tied at minus six, then it's like you know your weekend you beer fest game. <laughs> yeah, I you know? know. Like, what do you do? I guess you play. I don't know. That's a great question. I don't know. I have that no idea cool. what you would have done. It's a that. great. It's a great tournament to watch because it's just different looking. You know, so com- incredibly different. And I mean, it looks like you could play the course, yet you know it's hard oh. because Spieth shoots a seventy six. <laughs> and when Tiger hit the shot on fourteen. To the green, and it's a double green, and the ball you see it rolling past 14th hole, and you're like, "Oh, wait a second! There's another flag stick. It's going yeah, yeah, past double that green. one. Yeah, that was number four. Yeah, that's like battleground. There are a few courses in Houston that have that kind of thing. And then he chipped. He chipped off the green. Yeah, back to the hole number 14, which was fascinating. But I told you this. People, people ask me this. You know, you watch golf, and you asked me about that. You know, you watch golf, and I said, "I'll watch Tiger." Yep. He got me interested on Sunday. I woke up on Sunday going, all right, where do I find this? And I couldn't – for the longest time, I couldn't find it. I was so mad. I went for like an hour or so, not knowing where the hell it was, and then, oh, it's on NBC. Oh, okay. Got it over at NBC. And by the way, we were talking about announcers the other day. Uh-huh. You know who I think is good is Dan Hicks. Yeah, he's Dan real good. Dan Hicks is very good. He's real good. He is really good. Oh, I was really listening good. to uh, Sirius XM and their play-by-play on radio, and yeah. it was all British announces. And, oh, my gosh, was that funny because there are things you can say sports-wise with an English accent that you cannot say with an American accent. Like, that was a lovely effort. You cannot say – if I say that was a lovely effort by Hopkins, like, what are you talking about? But in, with a British accent, it sounds lovely. You can do it. That's true. So you wouldn't say Watson to Fuller? Oh, what's a lovely, lovely effort play. by Will Fuller. Oh, yeah. Like, let That's me just do happen. that. Oh, my gosh. And they're so discreet. And the ball goes sailing off into the Nordic wind. I mean, they're really descriptive, <laughs> and it was it was fun to listen to. I listened to a little bit of it. Oh, you you got to try that once this year. Lovely. You've got, you've got to no, try it No, I will not. Because once. it could be a key moment, and I'm not going to blow it on that. What a preseason game. Uh, Doing a preseason yeah, maybe, game. Maybe, maybe. I mean, if, I know they matter. If we start joking about somehow, if, if somehow international sports. There will be an international player on the roster one of these. There's got to be. Yeah. There's got to be. If there's like a rugby player, you yes. know, one of those guys. Yes. Aust- then you got well, to Australia. I, I don't do an Australian accent, really. I, I could try. It's pretty tough, though. <laughs> if you, if you throw in lovely in. effort. Oh I just gosh. want to be sitting around. <laughs> I just well, I will. Be. I could do it on the Foursquare Network because oh, those who don't know, so the defensive linemen, mm-hmm. and I think it's only them, right? They it's play, only them. They kick everybody else out. They play Foursquare before practice, and we broadcast that on the Foursquare Network, otherwise known as Facebook and HoustonTexans.com, but we call it the Foursquare Network, and Drew Doherty is the lead announcer. I've filled in a few times. You have. Uh, but I could probably I get away with a lovely effort. You, which was uh, – it, it basically was my life's goal met at that point. I mean, everything is downhill from there. Four but I'll square. tell you what's going on if they want to broadcast it live uh, mm-hmm. at the Bro House at some at some point. And we're calling it the Bro House because all the bros are staying there. Yeah, uh, in our department, Spike Ball. Oh, if you have not seen a video of Spike Ball, I gotta see it. Oh my! So, I, somebody's I getting hurt. It. Somebody will get hurt in this. <laughs> Somebody will get hurt during training Hopefully camp. not too hurt. Yeah, hopefully not. So, oh, gosh. Yeah, Mark, appreciate it. Thank you, Johnny. Coming up next, Drew Doherty. Or is it? Right here on Texas All Access.
Welcome back to a Monday edition of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am your host, John Harris, football analyst and silent reporter. One day away from going to the Greenbrier, my man to the right. He will be, well, two days away. I'm just going up a day early. Uh, first time I've ever done that, going up early in front of the team. But, man, Drew Doherty is heading up on Wednesday, and we are both looking forward to it. Drew, what's going on, man? Not much. Can't wait. I was uh, Can't wait. walking down the hall today to come to this. Mm-hmm. Saw the bright, shining, smiling face of Romeo Cornell. Oh, yeah. How you been, Romeo? Can't wait. Best time of year. <laughs> you know, he's excited, as he yeah. should be, as as you would expect he is. You know, he, he's, he gets – some pretty nice chess pieces on defense to play with this year. Drew, you got in the building in 2009. I asked uh-huh. this because I got this question from uh, a friend of ours uh, in the media and said – A friend of ours? friend of like, ours. Uh, mob- somebody we know. I Costa just don't no- know Costa if Costa Nostra terms or – Yeah, yeah. He's in, the, he's in La Familia. Oh, okay, okay. I just don't know if he'd want me to say his name. But he asked me a, a question. He said, what have been the most hyped years for the Texans? And so that got me thinking about – You've been in the building since 2009. Yes. And I got to thinking about that question, and then I saw something on Twitter, which I think is true. I think in the NFL in particular, every fan base, no matter what, feels like his or her team, their team has a shot to win a championship that particular year. And everybody will say, well, hey, look at the 99 Rams. The 98 Rams are one of the worst teams in history. 99 Rams going to win a championship. Mm -hmm. And so it has a different feel to me. In the NFL, that does in other sports. But since you've been in the building since 2000, in 2009, have you ever gone into a season and thought, well, you know, this will just be over after 16 games? This will just be done? Because um, in 2009, it ended up going 9-7. No, there was a shot there right at the end. No, no, I never have felt that way. It's it's degrees of optimism, really. I mean, because right. after 09, you, it was the first 9-7 and seven season. Right. So 10, oh, well, they're going to build on that. They right. got everybody, it didn't go that way. 10 right. was pretty ugly. 11, there was not – a whole lot of, well, we're going to shake up the world, but you still had optimism. Right. Well, 12, the optimism was sky high because, hey, Schaub's coming back. This defense is amazing. 12 was pretty darn fun. I mean, when the sun set on Thanksgiving Day, Texans were 10-1. and one. Yeah. 13, there was a lot of optimism because of what had just happened in 12. Plus, Ed Reed's been added to the mix. And you thought at that point, oh, he's going to be great. Right. Didn't turn out that way. It was ugly. 14, there was optimism. You had a new new regime. Uh 15, 16, same thing, but there's never been the optimism, at least, of huge things happening like there yep. is with, with with Deshaun Watson, you know? The, the reason I bring it up is... You'd have to go back to like 12, 13, those preseasons, to, to, to get anywhere close to Yeah, I, I, that's that's kind of the way that I responded back. I, it was It's weird because as I've heard people talk and I see people on the Twitters and they're talking about how, well, you know, nobody's really talking about the Texans, there's no... I said, "Don't worry. It it's going well, to it's going to happen." And I understand why that was said. It's the the usual suspects are not ch- chattering as much. Right. Like the 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 four or five people that we see, they're not talking as much, but on the whole, right. there is a, nationally it feels like there yeah. are a lot of people talking about the Texans. The analytics which is that a we've different. we've uh, Eric Sanchez who who runs that that show as far as analyzing things. He he pointed out like, "Well, actually the engagement is up here, mm-hmm. blah blah blah." So it's on the whole more people are talking about it, just not the prominent people here in, in town. Yeah, and I'm, I think with the Astros having success naturally, yeah, again, yeah. Sure. naturally there, and, of course, the Rockets just coming off a Western Conference run mm-hmm. and potentially signing Carmelo Anthony, all that kind of stuff that's been building for, for weeks. So but, there's been some of that. But, and you know who the quarterback is. And well, that's the other thing, too. scintillating. Is, so. it, very much so. We, 
And I thought about that. Going forward, knowing that Deshaun is the quarterback, I don't know that we can look at, okay, well, in 2021, we're going to have these talking points. So we're going to have these talking points. But it does feel a little strange that every year that I've been in the building, there's been that talk of, well, who's going to be the quarterback? Okay, in 14, it's yeah. Fitzy. But after he had some tough games, all of a sudden it's like, we need Mallet. We need Mallet. We you gotta got go Mallet. You've got to go back to 2013, the preseason yeah. The last time you knew who the quarterback was right. when Schaub was coming off 12 wins. Right, and then that year obviously goes yeah. down the tubes for a number of different reasons. But I think about I think about Green Bay. There's actually a Twitter account called, I think it's called JS Comments, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I think it's Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Yeah, and it's just a Twitter account of the comments that people put in the, uh, in the comment section. Now, I don't know if they're continued because a lot of comment sections are being – he wrote, they're just being kicked out, sure. no more, eliminated, et cetera. But I would I would look at that Twitter uh, account every now and again, and it was amazing because here you are in Green Bay. You've had a quarterback in Brett Favre since 1992. He goes to 2007. Obviously, there's that, that switch to Rodgers in 2008 that a lot of people there didn't like. But you realized in 2008, holy cow, this guy could be as good as Favre or better. And now you've had Aaron Rodgers in there since 2008, like, what is what is there what has there been to be disenchanted about now yeah and to talk about and discuss you are know you I mean? are you a perfect team in Green Bay no of course not right do you have a chance to go all the way and win it all every single year that he's yep. healthy yep. yep and that's what when I am out and about you know see friends see family see strangers et cetera and they they ask me about the Texans it's nice to be able to say well when they ask you well, how do you think you're going to do this year? Right. It's nice to be able to say, uh, this guy is healthy. They think, not just him, but the entire team, they think they can win right. every single game they play. They right. they feel like they can suit up and, and beat, beat anybody, anybody they play. Yeah. I don't know that we've ever really been able to say that. But there is, point. there is a confidence, not just in the guy who matters the most. He's mm-hmm. got it, and right. he's got tons of it. But that bleeds over to the rest of this this locker room, not yeah. just the rest of the offense, but the rest of the locker room, and they are pumped. I did a thing today with DeAndre Hopkins. Mm-hmm. He talked to some uh, some sweet holders at, with at the Lux Luncheon, and he's he, he can't wait. You know, he he talked about what he's done this off season yeah. to improve and what the capabilities are of this offense and this this team. And he just paused when you asked him what could this team do in 2018, and he just pauses, has this nice little smile, and he says, "Well." I mean, you know the answer to that. I mean, we can do anything <laughs> yeah. with, with this. So it's exciting. Yeah, it, it, this it optimism is. has never been like this. There's been optimism, right, right? But never like this. I think you're right. When you when you, if you can stay healthy, obviously, last year was not that, and you'd like to think that the football gods will not smite you for two straight years. But you know, who's to say? I mean, that, that it it can happen. I mean, we have seen that with players. I mean, Clowney didn't play in 2014. In 2015, he came back, but he wasn't the client that we were going to see in 2016 and 2017. Yeah. So, you know, you would hate to see that happen. But that said, I'm with you. I feel I feel as optimistic about this team for a number of different reasons. And as I start thinking about training camp, I know you wrote, and I've got it highlighted on my on my Twitters that I got to go see. You wrote an article about the ten things that you are most looking forward to mm-hmm. in training camp. I the other day wrote about the eleven. In my opinion, eleven most intriguing players, and I had yeah. a I had a litany of different players on there. But you talked about the ten different things that you're looking forward to in training camp. 
for those that would like to read the article, haven't gotten to it yet. Sure. What's a teaser? What are some of the things that you're most looking forward to? Basically, their ideas, their storylines. You've got how many reps is, is Deshaun Watson going to yep. going to take? You know, how, how much things is he gonna we're going to go talk through? about, yeah. right? But the things that kind of stand up that are sort of hidden to me, I had ten of them. It's they're all at the back end, really. What's the return game going to look like? Because yeah. who, we, who who are the Texans going to throw out there? They've talked about getting better on special teams. That's sure. not the the sexiest thing. Also, what's the run game? What's the dynamics going to be like there? Because where is Deontay Foreman in his rehab from the Achilles? And who behind him, because you got Lamar Miller there as a starter, who behind him rises up and takes that spot? I have a feeling Alfred Blue is, because I think he was looking like he was doing some nice things as a runner before the injury last yeah. year. But some of these undrafted guys in Swanson um, they and, look, Coleman, and yeah. Coleman, they look they look pretty darn good. And Tremaine Pope, he's a name not, not a lot of guys know, but yeah. looked nice catching the ball out of the, the backfield. So there's... I want to see what happens there, who comes to the fore there. And then Romeo Cornell, how do things change with him back in charge after Vrabel leaves? What's different as far as how he aligns guys, how he attacks offenses, blitzing, et cetera, et cetera. And those are kind of some of the broad strokes that I worked on. It's 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 an article. It's kind of like one of those blurbs, but it's got little paragraphs supporting each. I love those. I've always ten, yeah. I've been, I've been a big fan of those, and that's uh, when I would – the, really, the, the way that I first got into the the media business was writing for College Football News, and that was one of the things that I sent them was I would sit down at work on a Monday because I was doing work that I didn't want to do and I hated it. And so I would sit down after a college football Saturday, and I would just kind of just bullet point, just, well, here's what I'm thinking, just go on through. I don't know. I, I love. I used to love Will McDonough when he would do those articles for oh, yeah, Boston, the Globe. Boston Globe. Yeah. And Peter Gammons used to do the same thing for the Boston Globe, and I would sit with the Sunday paper, and there would be one whole – page that was just devoted like the whole thing diamond notes i think that's uh, what i think peter it was gammons what peter wrote. gammons called it and i just i used to love that and that's kind of the way my brain thinks it just pops from one to the other i'm probably add and don't even know it but i pop from one to the other okay what's next what's this but the running back one is one that that i've talked about and i've talked about it with a few different people but it's equal parts i don't know the right way of saying this but i feel like i'm sort of teetering on the on the brink of Boy, they could be really good. Mm-hmm. And, man, if they have one injury, this could go completely south. You know what yeah. I mean? I feel like there's this very tenuous line because of the Deontay Foreman injury. If Deontay were 100% healthy, no questions asked. You'd be licking your chops at the season start. Yeah, absolutely. You couldn't wait. But, absolutely. But because of that, you got to wonder, hey, how does – and one of the other 10 points is clearly what does the O-line look like. Right, I, I don't sure. want people to think that in – this is the second thing on the list. But what does the O-line do? But what does Watson's presence in the lineup do yeah. to the run game? I think that's an equalizer for nah, if, you're, you're absolutely right. if your offensive line is not looking that good. Having him under center's quarterback is a big equalizer, if yep. not tail, scale tipper because of what he can do, throwing the ball, running the ball, misdirection, all that stuff. I mean, he, he can really throw opposing defenses off and make them have to wonder what's coming up. And, and when you hesitate, that's where your, your run game can feast. I would love to have about a Week and a half, two weeks into camp, and I'm assuming, as Deshaun has mentioned, he'd be 100. percent Yeah, and he's going through camp. I would, I would love to be able to pick his brain for five minutes and just say, how much different is what you're looking at this year compared to last year? Just what you're looking at, what you see, how slow does yeah. the game feel? How does that change the way you know all those things that I know that we would never be able to put on radio, but just to kind of pick his brain, like what what happens year after year? Like the more that you 
understand this offense because as you were talking, the one thing I kept thinking was his football IQ is also a big part of this too, knowing, okay, I don't like this look up front. Let's change it to this. You know, I did that thing with Hopkins earlier today. Mm-hmm. That's what he said the biggest change is with Watson, where he improved the most. He said he's a lot smarter than he was last year, and he was a smart player. Yeah. He's a very smart guy. But with that year of experience, he's gained so much, yeah. and he's able to analyze and, and decode so many things that he sees. And they've been working after practice on their own together. Yeah. So it's really fascinating to hear that from DeAndre Hopkins, who himself is always questioning and, and wanting to get better. Yeah. I go back to, and I've told this story many, many times, go back to when he was at that first Pro Bowl that he went to in Hawaii about three, four years ago. Yeah. We mic'd him up. And he was peppering guys during that practice with questions. He was asking Richard Sherman stuff about how defenders do this. He was asking his fellow receivers. He was asking Ben Roethlisberger, the quarterback. He was asking the coaches, the assistants. It was really fascinating to see. Yeah. Michael Irvin was one of the kind of guests. He was pumping yep. him for information. And that's a guy who hadn't been on the field since 1998, 1999. So it was really fun to see that. It's a very inquisitive bunch, a very uh, a, a bunch that wants to get better and is, is thirsty for Improvement. I can't help but think that that continuity for that his football intellect, Deshaun's, yeah. and obviously DeAndre, yeah, and everybody being on the same page and being together. But the one thing I've always envied, in some sense, of teams throughout the NFL, especially teams that have had quarterbacks that have been there for a while, is the unspoken nature with which they do things. You know, Antonio Brown's been with Ben Roethlisberger forever, sure, and 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 Ben knowing exactly Big what he is going to do, sure. And I think that's going to end up happening with Deshaun and with DeAndre, and also with Will Fuller, and obviously the rest of the receivers. The more that they're able to be, be together, but just knowing Deshaun, Deshaun uh, knowing where DeAndre likes the ball, I mean, I think it's huge. And so I think we're going to look back at one point and go, yeah, you know, he only played six and a half games as a rookie. But those six and a half games were enough to start fostering that with, in particular, DeAndre. Mm-hmm. And to contend, obviously, throwing a deep ball to Will, et cetera. But those, even that team went 4-12, and 12, those six and a half games are what really kind of kicked off the, the, the run that the Texans are about to go on mm-hmm. because he was at least able to do things in those years. He didn't redshirt that entire year. He didn't do the Patrick Mahomes thing where it was just one game. He did it for six and a half games. He was able to do enough. And the thing I like about it is, and I've said this, from the beginning, I got the building in 2014, which everybody knows. And the quarterback and center, that right up the middle, got to be strong up the middle, center and quarterback, that combination has been different. Every single year. Every single year except this year being yeah. hopefully Nick Martin and Deshaun Watson again, and hopefully it's going to be that way for the next eight, ten years or more. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this time last year it was Savage and Martin. But, right. yeah, Savage only got that one half before right. the, the change was made. So, yeah, I, I'm with you. It's – it's going to be so much fun. Another little addendum to the 10 things I listed. Wide receivers not named DeAndre Hopkins and Will Fuller. That's one thing to watch because Huge. there's a big mix and it's going to be really competitive. But then right after that, wide receivers actually named Hopkins and Fuller just because, <laughs> dang it, they're so much fun to watch. They, they make great, great catches. They go deep, all that stuff. So And Will's getting jacked up working yes, with is. John Brown. Equinemia St. Brown's father, which has uh, been fun to watch. I saw him doing the 21, 21 we used to call it 21 gun salute uh, <laughs> back in the day. So we'll put that out on social media. So thanks, John Brown, for that. Drew, appreciate it, brother. Anytime. Boy, it is coming. Training camp is right around the corner. Well, speaking of around, let's go around the NFL. A lot of teams getting into camp over the last few days, including those in the AFC South. Some news from those teams and news from the team number one on the Texans' schedule. Yeah, the New England Patriots. We'll talk about that next right here at Texans All Access.
One final segment of Texans All Access from the Hyundai Texans Radio Studio. I am John Harris. Glad to be with you this Monday evening. Next Monday, oh, it'll be an off day. But we'll still be doing Texans All Access right from this studio. No, actually, we will be in West Virginia. And hopefully having a good off day. But we'll have All Access for you that evening. We'll have practice on Saturday and Sunday. So we'll have plenty to talk about. So even in an off day... We will have Texas Training Camp live in the morning from 8 to 10. We will also have Texas All Access. So there are two off days while we're up there, Monday and Monday. Monday the, the 20 uh, – I don't know what day that is. Monday the 30th? Wait, what's today? Th- yeah, Monday the 30th. And then they'll have one on Monday the 6th because then practice the 7th, travel the 8th, play the 9th. Yeah, so there you go. So we'll still have that all for you. Right here on our flagship sports radio, 610, everything you need at HoustonTexas.com. So we still will have Texas Training Camp Live and Texas All Access, but that will be from West Virginia. So let's get through this Monday show. It'll be my sh- my last show actually here in Houston before I go up. I go up tomorrow. So I will not have the fortune of being on the show, but Wednesday will be right there live at the Greenbrier Sports Performance Center. Looking forward to that. Now, I mentioned going around the league. Let's we'll start with the Tennessee Titans. Got this from Paul Kuharski. The Titans have declared Jack Conklin, right tackle, and Philip Supernaw. Now, Philip Supernaw is from, I believe, Taylor High School. On PUP, as they reported at training camp yesterday, Michael Campanaro and linebacker Rashawn Evans, first-round draft pick, were declared non-football illness. And defense tackle Mike Ramsey, not really sure who he is, non-football injury. And then this one was curious. Outside linebacker Kevin Dodd was placed on reserve did not report. Now, Dodd has been a pretty big disappointment for the Tennessee Titans. He was drafted 33rd overall, first pick in the second round of the 2016 draft. Thought to help the pass rush. He has not done anything really in the last two years. It's still Derek Morgan and Brian Arakpo. Well, they went out and drafted Harold Landry in the second round to get to the quarterback. Dodd's an interesting one. Has not done much of anything there in Tennessee. But Jack Conklin on Pup, that, I was not surprised by that. That is something that I mentioned. It gives him extra time to get figured out whether he's going to be ready to go for week one. Now, some what I've heard from Nashville is that he could be ready to go week one. And if he is, well, more power to him. Then a little while later, Koharski tweeted this. And he said, and I quote, I don't think the Titans have had many big conversations with Taylor Luan's representation about an extension. Barring a last-minute negotiating barrage, he's going to have to decide if he wants to hold out as leverage or negotiate while present. That brings up a whole different ball of wax here. With Conklin on PUP right now, Luan has seemingly all the leverage. Seemingly. Plus, he plays a position that is in high demand and low supply. I'd imagine the Titans want Taylor Luan. He is, if anybody is sort of the face of the offense, I think he is. Not even Marcus Mariota. Luan is because he's nasty. He's athletic. He's the kind of player you want at left tackle. And he sets the tone, really, for that entire Tennessee offense and Obviously, at that point, the entire team. So, Luan is looking for a big deal. 
So we'll see whether he reports to camp. I think they've got another couple of days, but that's one worth keeping an eye on. Conklin, PUP, and Luan potentially holding out, looking for a big deal. I don't know what he's going to do. So we'll we'll track that and follow that, but we'll find out. But, man, I'll tell you what, if the Texans go to Tennessee in week two and Conklin and Luan, if either one of them are not there or both are missing, let's go. Let's dance. It's time to roll. Those guys are, I think Conklin in particular, I like Luan Luan, Luan is everything you want to tackle. Conklin is a guy that doesn't get talked about. He's right tackle. He doesn't talk to the press much. doesn't talk to the media. I think he's absolutely fantastic player. And with those two together, that's as good a tackle combination as you're going to find in the league. So there uh, are some notes from the Tennessee Titans, from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, they did a couple things. They signed a lineman, Tony Adams. He's a uh, rookie from out of NC State. It was announced, I think, over the weekend that Dante Fowler – Dante Fowler Jr. will miss the first game uh, from a suspension. So he will not play week one. And for the Jaguars, I believe that's the Giants. I think it is week one. So the Jags will miss Fowler, and they also had Fowler start the year on PUP. Now, PUP during training camp, you can come back at any point. When you don't want to be on PUP is to start the year. I would imagine Fowler would be ready to go, but Fowler wants to get paid, and I don't blame him. He did not get – the Jaguars did not exercise a fifth-year option and essentially challenging him. Now, they want him back, but they're saying, look, the guy on the other side, Yankee Gakwe, is killing it. And we got to pay him too because he will be going into – this is this will be year – this is year three for Ngakwe. So he's going to year four. He signed a four-year deal as a second-round, third-round pick. So they're going to have to pay. They may have to choose. So we'll see. I think Fowler – has more potential upside, but he just hasn't he hasn't gotten there yet. And plus, he had an ACL tear to start off. So Fowler will start on PUP, and he will miss game one. Former Texan Connor Barwin has found a new home, and he will be coming back here to NRG Stadium in week three with the New York football giants. Yes, Connor Barwin, now a New York giant. So he goes from Philly to L.A. to New York, and he will be with the New York Giants just in time for training camp. LaShawn McCoy reported with the Bills veterans on Wednesday, and he will apparently or will report uh, on Wednesday. Nothing stands away at this point. I don't know if there's been any more news to come out of the situation that we mentioned and talked about a couple weeks ago. So LaShawn McCoy going to report with the veterans uh, in the Bills, uh, the Bills veterans, excuse me, on Wednesday, as was expected. A little CFL note, Johnny Manziel traded to the Montreal Alouettes. I love that name, the Montreal Alouettes. His first coach at A&M, the guy that actually signed him, Mike Sherman is the head coach with the Montreal Alouettes, and the Alouettes have the worst offense in the CFL. It's been awful. And Manziel went from playing behind Jeremiah Mazzoli, who was the best quarterback in the CFL, to now getting an opportunity to go to Montreal. Great city. Wish I could have gone there at some point, but hopefully Johnny will get a chance to get on the field and we'll see him play. And I guarantee you when he does get on the field for the Alouettes, all eyes will be on that TV screen. Not just mine, but a lot of people want to see what he's ready to do. All right. Two final pieces of news, both of them dealing with opponents and both of them dealing with 
wide receivers. Number one, we'll start with the news about Josh Gordon. Cleveland Browns will start training camp without receiver Josh Gordon. He gave a statement yesterday, and he said that he is going through his current treatment that will keep him away from the practice field. And I quote, to my Cleveland Browns NFL family, I'm reaching out to you all personally and letting you know that I am not only doing great physically but mentally as well. You will notice that I will not be in Cleveland for the start of training camp. Rest assured this too is a part of my overall health and treatment plan. I appreciate this awesome support I have received from teammates, friends, fans, and the Browns organization. And then he continued on and finished, of course, with Go Browns. GM John Dorsey expressed his support. He said, we will continue to support Josh as he receives the care needed to maintain his progress. We are going to respect his privacy while he is away from the team. Josh will be placed on a non-football illness reserve list until he is ready to return. At that point, there is no timetable for him to return. When I saw this news, my heart sank. And then I read his statement, and I read Dorsey's statement, and I thought, okay, I, I like where this is going. And, and I don't know what all this means. I don't know exactly what has transpired. I don't know if there was an event. But there was a report that came out later on that said that Gordon had no slip-ups or failed tests, which I was like, oh, whew. sigh of relief. But then it gets you thinking, okay, what could be going on? And maybe it's a, maybe it's a mental health situation. Maybe he's uh, dealing with trying to get some medications correct to try and get it right before he does go back into a football environment uh, on a full-time basis with the training camp and then on into the professional season. I, who knows? But it does appear that the Browns are handling this right. Josh Gordon is handling this right, and I'd love to see that. I would love to see a Houston homeboy like Josh Gordon do well. Every day except December 2nd, although I will say I do want to see him December 2nd. I do want to see him as a success story. So there are kids and young players and, and, and young people, players or, or not, that look at him and say, you know what, he's been through the ringer. Yeah, self-induced, but he's been through it. And he got to the other side. And he can be a real he can be a real role model for a lot of people. And there are there are a number of those. The Texans have one in particular, Tyron Matthew. He is a great role model for young kids. To see what happened at the end of his LSU career and where he is now, it's unbelievable. Our second story comes from New England. Malcolm Mitchell on the trading block. I never would have thought at this point. They've already traded Brandon Cooks. Danny Amendola signed with Miami. Julian Edelman's out for the first four games due to uh, PED suspension. And Malcolm Mitchell's coming back. He's coming back off an injury he missed all last year with. He was seemingly going to be a guy that had had to step in. Had to. Chris Hogan and Gronk are the only two guys there, it seems. But additions of Cordero Patterson, Kenny Britt, they seemingly are making Malcolm Mitchell expendable. Seemingly. I saw that. I just... Head scratcher. If there is a time to catch that offense and to catch them, not when they're napping, but to catch them when they're off kilter a little bit, it's Brady trying to break in a bunch of brand new receivers. That would be the time in week one. And we'll see. Kenny Britt starting a year at Pup, and they're trying to see whether they can deal Malcolm Mitchell. Man, 
Interesting times in New England, to say the least. Appreciate you guys listening. We will see you tomorrow. I'll be in West Virginia, but you guys will all be with me very, very soon as training camp starts on Thursday. See you then, everybody, and as always, go Texans.